We've got blood. We've got destroyers. So you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast brought to you by RPGera.com, where we discuss the latest happenings in and around the exciting world of AEW. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, he's choosing his own narrative. It's Sev. Uh, yeah, it's me. It's me. No, I'm not ECP. EC3. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love oh man you're gonna be announced next they got austin aries on board uh you know what They're, they might as well bring you in next yeah they're probably gonna bring cody in and then uh what's it i seen someone made a fake meme the other day that like a uh, velveteen dream has uh, been rostered to um video narrative dude it would be kind of hilarious if cody did show up it would be hilarious if cody did show up but it looks like that might be the place to go if you're disgruntled with any other company in the wrestling business. Uh, I know I know Austin Aries is uh, notoriously difficult to work with. He is, from what I understand. It might be a bit of, like, I like EC3, it might be a bit of a dumpster fire over there if uh, they give everyone creative control. If they can all create their own narrative, then fuck, we're going to have uh, 12 world champions. <laughs> Every, everybody has a belt, it doesn't matter. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, we didn't post an episode last week, so nobody nobody heard the meme from last. Are you keeping the same one from last week for me? No, um, but if you go into Discord, you can see that meme. And it the lost written. meme, the lost meme from the last episode, which we'll, which we'll mention soon. Yeah, so that was uh, Bariki Guerrero, uh, which was fucking horrific to look at. But this week, Brian, I've got you someone that I know you're very fond of, Uh-oh. and uh, we are going to. Is it Brand Helico? No, we're going to quote the brave and never more. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Dude, I was actually just watching. Um, my God, that's amazing. You must have read my mind. Yesterday, yeah. while I was eating dinner, I put on an, uh, I, I generally put on some either old wrestling or something. And what I yeah. chose to put on yesterday was, uh, was it, it was barely legal 97. Okay, which was yeah, yeah. ECW's first ever pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> oh, man, which had Big Stevie Cool in the main event. Yeah. Repping the BWO. That was, when, did... uh, that was when Terry Funk actually became ECW champion. Special shout-out to Acom's Laser for the excellent intro theme that you heard there to the podcast. Go check them out wherever you can find music and people, including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You won't be disappointed. Please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind as well. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and leave us a quick rating and a review. It does help out in terms of visibility so that our show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. You can head on over there, check out our tiers, see what we're doing. And if you feel inclined, you can toss us a few dollars each month. If not, continuing to listen each week does help as well. And special shout outs to current executive producers, Zunku and Jexax. Um, All right, Sev. So we do here have to mention something before we get into any type of content on the show uh, it would be an error on our part not to do this here with everything currently happening over in europe we have several listeners over in the ukraine and in russia and we here at rpg era do stand united with the ukraine against this horrific act of violence and war being orchestrated by vladimir putin if you're listening to this from anywhere else in the world and you are in a position to do so look up ways online that you can financially help those in the ukraine it's going to go a long way right now and most importantly, fuck the war. Get on social media. Fuck the war. And, uh, Spread Putin, the message. We got two words for you. Suck what? it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's an ass boy. Oh, man. 
he is something else and this is just it's all like it's it's all i've been kind of following it, it rightfully so right yeah. like it's it's all it's all that's been on my mind with 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 how crazy this is like it sucks yeah it does and you're a lot closer than i am to this whole situation over there in the uk so i know you guys are you know making moves just like the united states are and i saw germany's yeah. actually sending some weaponry down to the ukraine as of i think yesterday yeah there's all it's, there's all a, uh, a treaty which means a lot a lot of people can't act yet um which means we've got to leave ukraine to kind of do their thing they're not in nato very, yeah, yeah yeah which is very heartbreaking to not stand by someone when you need you when you know that they need help um so it's very heartbreaking for a lot of people in, in, definitely including the people of ukraine um yeah and it's just um i don't want this to last very long i want it to be over pretty quickly because i'm I'm a massive advocate of violence doesn't solve anything and peace is what all anybody ever wants. Right. So let's, let's stop fucking around and what you've got is what you've got. Don't take from other people just because you can. Yeah, absolutely. I don't physically know anybody in the Ukraine, so... You know, I can't reach out to to really see what's going on on the front lines and check on people. But I do know, like I mentioned, I know we have listeners over there. I see the numbers. Um, so just stay safe. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this, for sure, stay safe. So absolutely. Um, but we didn't put anything up last week. I got kind of busy and backed up, which I have been over the past few weeks, which is likely going to keep happening from time to time as, you know, I've had to go back to work full time and. I guess more recently because this last two weeks have been also really crazy on the gaming side of things. So I've been having to put a ton of time into Horizon Forbidden West and now Elden Ring. So I didn't want to stay behind. So we just scrapped last week's content, but we're going to keep a lot of what we've already done from last week. So before we get into discussing what happened this week, last week, Sev, you and I talked about the situation with Cody Rhodes leaving AEW and then we moved into talking about our Thunderdome for AEW so before we continue let's go ahead and put that in here and then you and I will come back with some more updated stuff right after okay Sev as we move into Blood and Destroyers we talked last week that we would put together a Thunderdome like we do over on max level, which we've mentioned here on the show a few times, and narrow down who we thought might be on their way out of AEW based on some recent comments that Tony Khan had made about not renewing specific contracts for people that have been there since the beginning when they ended. And then like the day or two later, Cody and Brandy left AEW. So that's where we're starting. It's quite shocking, to be fair. Yeah, Yeah. so that's where we're starting. So... And and I think that's a perfect segue into Thunderdome because had we put together the Thunderdome before that news broke, I would have considered Cody safe. Yeah, he'd have definitely been in the top half, the safer half of my list. Yeah, probably not my top 10 because I still, you know, there was still more of a chance that he left than anybody else, which was more plain than obvious now than ever. He left, but I would have still had him in the top 15 at least. So Mm -hmm. for him to be gone, I've seen a lot of interesting things come out of this. So I've seen several reports. I don't know what's true. I don't know if anyone theoretically knows what's true now or not. I've seen reports that WWE knew that Cody 
would be leaving AEW before Tony Khan did. Um, I saw reports that Vince McMahon has a major match in mind for Cody at WrestleMania if he were to re-sign. I saw that WWE made an offer financially to Cody that AEW wasn't willing to match. And then I also saw that there were several, like, mixed reactions in the locker room of AEW after news broke that Cody and Brandy were leaving, but that there was a significant amount of like positivity surrounding it as well. So I've seen a lot of reports and a lot of things breaking on this, and I'm not really sure what's true and what isn't, but I think this is a major deal. And here's what I'm sort of hoping. I'm sort of hoping that WWE did make a play for Cody. I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, that that we have our first major AEW to WWE jump. Because imagine back in the 90s, if it would have just been WCW guys jumping to WWE or WWE guys jumping to WCW, if there were no back and forth, it would have been boring as shit, dude. Yeah, I, I think this is really exciting. I'm actually going. Um, and I, I can imagine WWE would, did make a play for him as he was saying, like December time that he's a free agent. Is that about right? Yeah, um, his contract so- expired in December. So he's been theoretically working on a handshake deal since then and has been able to negotiate with anybody since then as well. So there's been almost three months that there could have been negotiations between him and WWE on the side. Yeah, it's absolutely 100% plausible that they, they were negotiating with him and that uh, Vince McMahon basically threw his checkbook at him and said, come back over, we'll give you a hefty sum and we'll give you a good WrestleMania match. Who do they put him against, though? Because I initially thought going into this news happening and then the Elimination Chamber was yesterday in Jeddah, yeah. Saudi Arabia. Uh, I did not watch it. Um it was too early in the day for me. I ended up sleeping like really late yesterday. Uh, that's what depression does to you sometimes. And yeah, I I, th- I think I slept through like for like the first half of the show, and then by that point, I didn't even fucking care to turn it on. Um, and I saw reports that somebody like literally saw Cody in Florida that day, so it didn't matter. Like he was in Orlando, he wasn't in Saudi Arabia, so there was going to be no no Cody there, which was the only thing I was interested in. Oh uh, yeah, by all accounts, uh, Elimination Chamber was a bit of a shit show. Um, we'll probably not get into it here. Yeah, no, definitely um, yeah, not plan yeah. on touching on it. Cody, uh, Cody was in uh, was at the Performance Center. He was due to be in something the Performance like Center. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh, I initially thought going into the show yesterday that there was a chance Seth Rollins could win the title and then it could be Cody v. Seth at WrestleMania, which I thought would have been a pretty good fucking match, actually, for the for the WWE title. Yeah, um, yeah. Clearly, that's not happening. I guess we could still <laughs> get Cody v. Seth, but without a title on the line, Cody v. Seth doesn't make a ton of sense. I get I get that Seth would be the top guy for, you know, one of the top guys, potentially, for Cody to come in against, but... It's too bad Triple H is not healthy because that would be a WrestleMania match right there if it could happen. Triple H and Cody. Um, I don't know what other match they could have in mind for him at this point. Like I'm not, I'm not up to, I'm not up with who's who's popular and who's hot at the moment in WWE for the most part. Like I know, you know, obviously certain guys will always be there. But I don't know if there's anybody that I could say, yeah, that should be a match for Cody at WrestleMania. See, I've heard reports of um, Cody versus Orton at Mania. Apparently, there's some previous storyline that they could hark back to, um, but that doesn't necessarily. That doesn't really. Well, they were me, part. They were part of what was that group called? Legacy. Thank you, with Ted DiBiase yeah. Jr. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jr. Um, I'm curious where this is going to go. Like, See, he did put out a tweet today that was uh, a picture of his child with his dog and said, uh, this is what retirement looks like. I but saw that. I don't that. think anyone's no, buying that. No one's buying it. No, absolutely not. And I did see that WWE is not bringing Brandy back in from what I've seen. I did also see, isn't The Miz set for a title match at Mania? And he said he's got a handsome partner. So I think people are thinking that maybe it's The Miz and... Oh, um, Dash and Cody Rhodes. Cody. Yeah. yeah. So they bring him back as Dash and Cody Rhodes. <laughs> or... If they just stick him in a polka dot suit, I think that would be amazing. Like, <laughs> to be fair, he's got to be pretty pissed off at uh, AEW if he's going to go back to WWE and do that. Right. Well, unless he didn't know at the time that you, what he was. I mean, you you would you should know what you're getting into at that point. It's WWE. You should know. Your creative freedom might not necessarily be that much. Yeah, we've all seen the, like, the pictures of what they wanted to do to FTR before they left. Um, so, I saw yeah, the I saw some leaked stuff of what they wanted to do to Elias as well, somewhat recently, based yeah. on WWE 2K22 artwork. Yeah, it did not look good. <laughs> did not. But yeah, look yeah. Good. So he should know to to get his contract in uh, in good order before actually signing. But that's going to be a good segue into our AEW Thunderdome, which uh, should be a lot of fun here. So I actually did my list a little bit differently. Sev, you said you did yours the normal way we always do on max level yeah. by starting at the bottom like we you know with our least hyped or in this case the ones we think are going to be safest in AEW and then working our way up to our most hyped games or in this case the ones that we feel like are in danger of potentially not getting re-signed once their contract ends so yeah you numbered these correct and how many numbers did you come up with uh, so I've got 86 numbers. 86 is f- fucking ridiculous. I think right. that is the, this is by far the largest Thunderdome. So since we talked about WWE, we could call this the, the, the greatest Thunderdome or something, you know, from the greatest Royal Rumble where they had how many, like fucking 60 people in there or something, uh, something like that. But yeah, yeah. The greatest Thunderdome. Um, so 86. So what I'll do here is I'll start backwards as we eliminate and list off, you know, who we think is safest and not. But I am just going to pick as we go because I know how I would have put my list anyway. I know how I, how I would have put. Yeah. Let me try that again. <laughs> I know how I would have put my list, but the only thing I won't be able to tell you is where I would have had them ranked because I don't specifically know the number. Okay, so uh, my 86 is my safest, and my number one is my least safest. Correct, which would be the way to do it, yes. So cool. how I put together this list, I went to AEW, whatever their website is, .com, uh, and I looked at the roster, and I either, for people that I knew when they signed and when their contract was up, I went off of that, or if I didn't know specifically, I looked. So what I did was I listed everybody that had been in AEW within the first year that I knew signed for three years or less. Okay. So anybody that signed after the first year, so starting in like 2019, at the end of, well, no, they started in 2019. So starting in 2020, anybody that signed in 2020 and beyond is not on this list, except for a rare right. few that only signed for maybe one or two years that I was able to look up. Yeah, so there's no Ellie Delow and there's no Hook. Uh, nope, because they been. signed, yeah, because Hook just officially signed in December of 2021. 
even though he had been palling around with Team Taz since the very beginning. He yeah. just was signed. Same thing with uh, Andrade. I mean, he just was signed in 2021. Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, they were just signed in August or September of last year. They're not on this list. But everybody else that signed in the first year of AEW is on this list. So we have 86. I'm going to quickly run this down, and then we're going to rapid fire this Thunderdome <laughs> to, keep, to keep Blood and Destroyers somewhat around that hour mark. So normally we spend like 40 to 45 minutes doing a Thunderdome. Seven and I are just going to literally go back and forth listing names. It's going to be quick. In and I, nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the 86 unlucky participants in the Thunderdome edition, or the AEW edition of Thunderdome. We have Aaron Solo, Adam Page, Alan Angels, Alex Reynolds, Angelico, Anthony Bowens, Anthony Agogo, Austin Gunn, Billy Gunn, Brandon Cutler, Brian Cage, Brian Pillman Jr., Brock Anderson, Cash Wheeler, who just made the cut, by the way. They signed, like, within the first year, but just barely. Chris Jericho, Christopher Daniels, Chuck Taylor, Colt Cabana, Colton Gunn, Dante Martin, Darby Allen, Darius Martin, Dax Harwood, Dustin Rhodes, Evil Uno, Frankie Kazarian, Griff Garrison, Isaiah Cassidy, Jack Evans, Jake Hager, Joey Janela, John Silver, John Moxley, Jungle Boy, Kenny Omega, Kip Sabian, Lance Archer, Lee Johnson, Luchasaurus, Luther, Marco Stunt, Mark Quinn, Matt Hardy, Matt Jackson, Matt Seidel, Max Caster, Michael Nakazawa, MJF, Nick Camarado, Nick Jackson, Orange Cassidy, Ortiz, Pac, Penta El Zero Miedo, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ten, Peter Avalon, QT Marshall, Ray Phoenix, Ricky Starks, Sammy Guevara, Santana, Scorpio Sky, Serpentico, Sean Dean, Sean Spears, Sonny Kiss, Stu Grayson, The Blade, The Butcher, Trent, Wardlow, Abaddon, Anna Jay, Britt Baker, The Bunny, Emi Sakura, Hikaru Shida, Chris Statlander, Leva Bates, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Rebel, Red Velvet, Riho, Ty Conti, Thunder Rosa, and Yuka Sakazaki. What a list. <laughs> You're right there, Brian. Do you need to take a breath? Nope, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. good. So, Sev, we need to yeah. roll a dice. We need to see who goes first. Do, uh, okay, yeah. We'll do audio rock, paper, scissors. Well, how would I know? <laughs> How do we know? Yeah, go on then. Roll, roll the dice, Brian. Yeah. You know how the, you know how to roll the dice, right? Yeah, I don't have a dice to hand. No, yeah, no, 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 no. I meant in Discord. We we use a Discord dice. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so here's what you'll do. Go into go into our staff channel and you're gonna type exactly what I do. You got a seventeen, I'll beat that, So I rolled a seventeen on a twenty sided dice, and Sev you I rolled, rolled an, eight. an eight. So I will go first with the eliminations and then we'll go from there. Okay. So, so for my number 86, Kenny Omega. Yeah, same as me. For my 85, <laughs> uh, 85, Britt Baker. Yep, that's what I would have had next. Absolutely. Uh, 84 for me is Matt Jackson. Okay. Uh, 84 for me is Adam Page. Okay. 83 for me would have been Nick Jackson. 83 for me, John Moxley. Smart. I'm typing this up as we go, so that way we can we have the list of, of of elimination as well. All right, so now I need to mm -hmm. actually cross people off that we just eliminated because I wasn't doing that because I was typing. So hang on here, <laughs> and this is where I'm going to stop being able to know like what numbers I had as well because I'm losing count already. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm already I'm already starting to struggle. Um. All right. So next up, I will say I'm going to go with Jungle Boy. Cool. Next up for me, MJF. I knew you would have had to next. That's why I left him on the list. 
Um, all right, so let's see. MJF is gone. Jungle Boy is gone. Let's see here. I will go. See, already people that were down to... You know what? No, no, no. Never mind. Never mind. I take that back. I'm going to go with Pentel Zero Miedo. Cool. Next up for me, Ward. No, next up for me, Wardlow. There you go. I like it. Uh, next up, I'm going to put Ray Phoenix on the list alongside Penta because they're not going anywhere. Okay. Next up for me, Orange Cassidy. Yep. And following off that, I'm just going to stick with uh, with Best Friends there because Trent's not going anywhere either anytime soon. Okay, next up for me, 77, Ricky Starks. Smart. All right, Ricky Starks is gone. Wardlow is gone. Uh, I'm going to stick with Best Friends, and I'll also keep Chuck Taylor on the list because, again, I don't think Best Friends is going anywhere anytime soon. Okay, next up for me, uh, Luchasaurus. Cool. I like it. I like it. All right, so I will go with... I'm going to go with Sammy Guevara. That next for me is Pac. I was trying to leave him for you to save. I, I did think he uh, he is not going anywhere. That is for sure. Um, let's see here. Hmm. I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa. Did you have her on the list? Yeah. She's at the very oh, bottom. Yeah, yeah. I find I had her at 64. Okay, uh, 72 for me, uh, Ty Conti. Okay. Back-to-back -back girls, I like it. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to like that, but, you know. Um, <laughs> man, I don't know how safe CD is. Like, there was a time when I thought people like Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, and Brandon Cutler would have been safe. But after Cody left, not so much anymore. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how safe they are. So I'm, I'm avoiding them for now. Yeah, I've got two of them at, like, middle of the list, one of them quite low. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 avoiding them for now, and I'm avoiding people specifically that I know would be in the top ten here. Um, I'm gonna go with Darby Allen. Yep, well, he wasn't too far off mine. Next up for me, Dax Hardwood. Hardwood. Okay. I'll just keep with that. Then I'll keep Cash on the list as well. So I'll go with Cash Wheeler. Cool. Uh, next up, Santana. Respect that, and I'll just keep doing what you're doing here. Uh, I'll keep Ortiz <laughs> on the list. Again, if you keep one tag, I, I think both would stay, but I, I would say both of them would stay anyway. Like, none of them are going anywhere. So, at least for those two. Yeah. At least those two I've teams. Got, I've got a few later on where, like, one tag member is, like, a couple of spots higher than the other tag member, but I just thought that was because right, uh, right. some people But, tho but those that, those that came in others. together and are an actual team likely would leave together as well. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, uh, 63 for me is Will Hobbs. All right. Power, power, powerhouse, Hobbs. I don't know how his fucking theme song goes. B -b 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 I don't even know. I don't, shouldn't even try. I'll just sound stupid. Close enough. I'll just sound stupid. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with... It's already getting tougher to, like, say people you want to save. Just mm -hmm. based on those I know I want to... And this is how Frank and I used to do Thunderdome. It makes it a lot harder, actually. Um, But I am going to go with Dante Martin. That's who, exactly who I had next. <laughs> um okay so following on from that uh chris statlander okay i like that and i respect that i don't think she's going anywhere but i don't think she probably would have no. been any higher on the list and definitely not above ty thunder and brit but i think that would be our top four realistically brit thunderosa ty conti chris statlander yeah i like that yeah yeah um all right i am gonna go with 
See, I think the Dark Order sticks around. I'm going to go with Evil Uno. Okay, that's the first one for the lower part of my list. Um, Did you have him low? Uh, 38 was where I had Evil Uno. Oh, okay, so not not in, like, danger, danger, but low. Lower, anyway. Yeah, in, in the lower half. Um, Next for me is Max Caster. All right, so then I will go with... Not going to go with Anthony Bowens here. Um, Not yet. No, I've got them quite far apart. I'm going to go with, yeah, I think Max is definitely, they're both good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Billy Gunn. Okay. Uh, next for me is a QT Marshall. Oh, okay. I actually probably would have had him a lot lower. All right. We also have a thing called Shenmue Saves on max level, which is where we each get one save that we think, you know, if we if we don't agree with it, but we're not doing that here for this. None of that here. Just for those crossover listeners that might be wondering what happened to the Shenmue Saves, which I guess we would probably have to call the Serpentico Saves or something on this show. Just to so, keep so Brian, are you telling me that you would have saved QT Marshall? No, but that's what made me think of it. Isn't that weird? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have saved QT Marshall, though. Um... <laughs> Okay, let's see. Next up, most safest for me, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Anna J. That's who I had next as well. Nice. Um, so, yeah, uh, down to my number 55, who is uh, Brandon Cutler. Okay. All right. I would not have saved Brandon Cutler either, though I may have had him a lot lower as well. I think his job as, you know, Young Bucks camera guy does keep him safe, though, but we'll see. Yeah, so with Shem you save, the idea is to get a game higher up the list. As soon as we're knocking people out to be less safe, would it? It wouldn't be a save, would it? It'd be more of a burial. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, so it would have to be. It would have to be like a Balin, like a Balin, Balin burial, like yeah, from, yeah, from, from like Balin that, yeah. Wonderworld or something. You know, because that game was awful, and I thought it was going to be great. Balin like a Cody burial. burial. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the. Uh... <laughs> oh, it could just be the the golden shovel. We could just yeah. You know, you just pull out the golden shovel for them. That's what we could do. <laughs> We're not going to do that, though. Uh, next on my list, I would probably keep around John Silver. Okay. Uh, next up for me is Christopher Daniels. Yeah, you went with the SoCal boys there for a bit. Let's see. I would probably go with next. Hmm. I'm really leaning towards Matt Hardy, and I don't know why. So I'm going to go with Matt Hardy. Okay, he was like two spots away from where we are for me. Okay, good. So at least I'm not crazy. No, especially no, with not. Jeff uh, potentially coming in. Like there, there's some storylines there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, next up for me is uh, Dustin Rhodes, and he did confirm. He said on Twitter he wasn't going anywhere. He likes AEW. He said he, he likes it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one <laughs> yeah. asked him, but he just wanted to tell us. <laughs> he just wanted everyone to. <laughs> he wanted to remind everyone. Hey guys, you know I am still here technically. You know, I didn't Crystal go anywhere. Still won roads, yeah. Still won roads. They did cancel the second season of Roads to the Top. Did you see that? It's not going to happen anymore. It's unfortunate. Oh, fair. I never, I never watched any of the other ones. To be honest, <laughs> I actually did because they were on right after. And I mean, I just liked the uh, the behind the scenes peek at Dynamite and shit that they used to show. It was fun. Yeah. Um. All right. I think I will keep around. It's already get you know you know I'm gonna go with Austin Gunn. Cool. Yeah. They're not too far off for me. Uh, I think it's time to save Anthony Bowens. Okay. All right. Number 49, Anthony Bowens officially. Number 48 is going to be Colton Gunn. The ass boys, they ain't going anywhere. No no way. No way does TK let them go away with Dan Housen still running with that right now. Right. Uh, next up for me, Hikaru Shida. Okay. 
I like that. I don't know how I would have had her on my list officially because, you know, she had mentioned some struggles being a Japanese yeah. women's wrestler within, you know, trying to work with an AEW. Um, she's one that I actually might, she's one that I think might not be in danger of, I, I bet TK would want to re-sign her, but she might not re-sign on her own accord. Yeah, so um, going off those comments of her saying that um, most of my other Japanese female wrestlers are much, much lower down the list. Oh, um, yeah, I, just I, I would have had. Shida's, yep, I would have done the same. Uh, Shida's got enough name value that she's she's worth keeping around. She's worth offering an extension to. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, I hate to do this. I hate to be the one to keep him around, but I don't think Brock Anderson's going anywhere. Okay. As long as Arn Anderson's there, Brock Anderson's not going anywhere. But yeah, that's, that's, that's I agree with that. Wait, Arn was with Cody. What happens to Arn now? I guess he's got Lee Johnson and right. He's got big shotty he's Lee Johnson. Walk around, walk around backstage if he's getting his clock on me. I guess so. He just won't be on TV anymore until Brock and Lee become tag team champs. <laughs> well, hopefully they just do segments where Arn just keeps coming out to the ring looking for Cody and can't find him. <laughs> Is he here this week? I can't find him. He just wanders around like a like like he's lost. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I stupidly kept Brock Anderson on the list. I don't know anymore now that I thought about that, but I would I would still say he's safe for now. Fair, fair. Uh, next for me is Lance Archer. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, I think I will keep on here Alex Reynolds. Yep, yeah, cool. And keeping with the Dark Order, um, Stu Grayson. Perfect. Like I said, I don't think any of them go anywhere. I do think certain ones are more safe than others, which we're clearly showing here. But yeah. I don't think any of them disappear yet. Um, and and with that, you know, ten ten's not going anywhere because he's Brody Lee Jr.'s favorite, and he's he's safe for as long as he needs to be safe. Yeah, he was next on my list as well. Um, the next guy I'm saving, uh, Sean Spears. Oh, the goofball. The goofball Sean Spears. I wish they just. I wish that'd just be like his new name, <laughs> instead of the account. Instead of the accountability buddy. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, so we kept Sammy. We have to think vlog crew as well, as well as BTE crew. So vlog crew includes Griff, but I don't know how safe Griff is. I don't know how safe Pillman Junior is. However, I think Alan Angel should stay on the list for now. Yeah, that was cool. That was fine with me. Uh, the next guy I had was Darius Martin. Okay. Yep, definitely in danger. Not nearly as safe as his brother. No, nowhere near. But still somewhat safe, I would I would say. I don't think he, you know, they would keep him around this long through injury to just be like, fuck you, and then, you know, as soon as he's ready to come back, kick him out the door. Yeah, he's going to come back and do something. I mean. All right, I am going to now say... It, we, we are getting into... You know what? Yeah, I'm going to do it. We're getting into the point where I think... Realistically, looking at this list of names that we have left, we have 38 to go. Realistically, I think any of these could theoretically be chosen not to be resigned. I think yeah, we're at that point. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we're at that point. Um, do I still think others are more safe? Yes. I think once we get to that top 15, those are the ones we're really in danger. But for now, I think any of these could be in danger. So I want to preface that because of who I'm about to save. I'm going to put Michael Nakazawa as next because of his connections with Kenny Omega. But I do think he is in danger somewhat. Yeah, so I had him quite low down the list, but I can respect that. Um, next for me is Nyla Rose. Okay. And again, I would have had her like right up here in the in the high thirties as well. Um, you know, there's no way TK doesn't choose to re-sign her, but still mm -hmm. a potential. Still a potential. 
Um, okay, I am going to go with... I'm, oh, man. I'm going to go with Kip Sabian. Okay. Did you have him, like, super low or no? Uh, I had him at 24. Okay. So he's he's not... Yeah, he's not in the relegation zone, but unless he does something soon, there's no point having him around. So. They they have him in the front row now every week on Dynamite with the box on his head. So I'm assuming something's about to happen. Yeah, I'm hoping something happens. Otherwise, that's a very expensive box that TK's paying for. <laughs> All right, guys. So here's the deal. In the sake of saving time so I don't fall behind... I have to abandon the rest of the audio for Thunderdome. We did have some issues when recording, and Sev's audio unfortunately kept messing up. And what you just listened to was me piecing together a good majority of Thunderdome over the entire day. And it just gets worse from there. (laughs) So unfortunately, I wanted to leave in what I already worked on because it is good content. And I do wish that I had audio that we could use for the final portion of Thunderdome, like the last 30 or so guys that we were on. But what I'm going to do, I did a recap at the end of like the last 20 or 15 or so that were on the list. I'm going to leave that in so you can hear who we had near the bottom of Thunderdome. I do apologize. I have a plan in place so that uh, that we don't have these audio technical issues going forward. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and cut to the recap. And then Seven and I will be back with a recap of this week's content of AEW. So bear with me here. We had 86. We had it right. Uh, your top 10, I or sorry, the top 15 that we got, I think, are in danger. Anthony Agogo, Abaddon, Nick Camarado, Jake Hager, Yuka Sakazaki, Leva Bates, Peter Avalon, Serpentico, Jack Evans, Emi Sakura, Marco Stunt, Luther, Sonny Kiss, Joey Janela, and Brian Cage. Um, I, I do think those are the names on the roster currently that are signed that are definitely in danger of, of going away when their contract is is up. Okay, so now that it's been a week since we recorded that, we clearly were off on our Thunderdome choices there. <laughs> so since since we recorded that, it's been confirmed that Brian Cage is for sure at least sticking around for another year. Um, and Helico's not going anywhere. And I, I didn't we have somebody else in the top 15 that also is we found out isn't going anywhere. I already deleted the list. so I don't remember who we had where at this point, except for Cage. Yeah, I know Cage was number one um, and he's sticking around. And Helico, I don't I'm not sure if he was in the top 15. I don't think I he was top he was 15, in. but he was maybe top 20. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I can't remember who else is. It's not there. Let's run down uh, Elevation and Dark from this past week. Uh, Elevation was for some reason, dude, stacked. And, okay. and and stacked as in they just threw a shitload of people together and put them in matches. So here's what we got for Elevation from February 21st this past Monday. Uh, Anna Jay, Ty Conti, and Red Velvet defeated Angelica Risk, Ari Alexander, and Freya States. Daniel Garcia, Matt Lee, and Jeff Parker from 2.0, and Austin and Colton Gunn from the Ass Boys defeated Dean Alexander, Ariel Levy, Chico Adams, Dominic Garini, and Kevin Koo. The Bunny defeated Caitlin Alexis. Andrade El Idolo, Private Party, The Butcher, and The Blade defeated Sean Dean, Baron Black, Carly Bravo, Chandler Hopkins, and Jamison Ryan. Ruby Soho defeated Haley J. Lance Archer defeated Joey O'Reilly. Nyla Rose, Emi Sakura, and Layla Hirsch defeated Kiara Hogan, Sky Blue, and AQA. 
and in the main event, Jay Lethal, Frankie Kazarian, Matt Seidel, Lee Johnson, and Brock Anderson defeated Luther, Serpentico, Peter Avalon, Cesar Bononi, and J.D. Drake. Yeah, that the bodies hit the floor. I mean, <laughs> My God. There. So how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, forty, forty-one, forty-two, forty-three, forty-four, forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven, forty-eight guys oh, okay. in total on elevation in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, forty-eight guys in total on elevation in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches. It's <laughs> insane. Interesting, interesting elevation for that regard. Interesting elevation. Um, Dark was normal. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches. The Varsity Blondes defeated Marcus Cross and Guillermo Rojas. Peter Avalon, Cesar Bononi, Ryan Nemeth, and JD Drake defeated Rohit Raju, Kareem South Era Sean, and Caleb Tenenti. Sky Blue defeated Ruthie J. Nick Camarado defeated Lamar Diggs. Preston Vance, so 10, defeated Ben Bishop. Fuego Del Sol defeated David Ali. And in the main event, Matt Seidel defeated Serpentico. Nice. I like that uh, Rahit Raju is uh, is getting some time on AEW. I think he was pretty good. He was Impact. from he's Impact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He was uh he was the wasn't he an X Division champ or something? Yes, he was at yeah, some yeah. point. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was one of those. Uh, but I'm going to be uh, completely honest, Brian. Um, I lost my TV remote like two days ago. I still haven't found it, so <laughs> I haven't managed to watch <laughs> Elevation or Dark yet because I can't change the channel on my fucking TV. <laughs> 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 oh man, that sounds like uh, sounds like a rough time over there. Sounds right. like a rough time over there. Oh, all right. Well, since we kept Thunderdome from last week, since we have predictions mm-hmm. to make for Revolution at the end of this show, which is going to take a little bit of time, we're going to mm-hmm. condense mm-hmm. our recaps of Dynamite and Rampage from this past week. We're going to kind of talk about it as an overall. So, starting with Dynamite, how did you feel overall? with dynamite this past wednesday um i liked it i liked it a lot um i guess we're gonna go we're gonna go into particulars of like certain bits that happened it was very strong dynamite um, i thought I so too previous, as i said previous week in the lost episode that uh, i do love it when AEW gets to that um three to four weeks before the pay-per-view and they really start to ramp up um because they're, they're very good at storytelling and we sort of we get slow burns until like a month before the pay-per-view and then they kind of put their foot in your ass and go build the story um so yeah yeah these this this dynamite last week's dynamite and next week's dynamite should all be really like full force absolutely absolutely i thought so too i thought this was a very strong dynamite and that did show in the ratings they were back over a million this week so super positive so let's let's just talk about a few of the things that happened here we did have our first of the you know ways that we were going to find out who were going to be in the trios match for the tag titles so this time we had a tag team battle royale which included 2.0 alex reynolds and john silver private party the the ass boys chuck taylor and trent beretta the young bucks the butcher and the blade santana and ortiz ftr and redragon so this kind of went sort of how we were thinking it was going to go especially with what i said just did last well on the episode that didn't post i <laughs> suggested lost yeah episode, the yeah, lost yeah. episode so i don't have proof of this anymore but i did say that i had a feeling it was going to be jurassic express v re dragon v the young bucks at the pay-per-view yep. and that does seem like what they're setting up 
So I don't yeah. know if that's what they go with at this point now that they've already kind of teased it. I feel like the Bucks might might be on the outside looking in at this point. You know, I definitely think this is what we're going with. And I'm um, okay with it if that's a, if that if that is what happens. If the Bucks win the casino battle royale, the tag casino battle royale this Wednesday night, I'd be okay with mm-hmm. it. However, they did say that there were going to be 15 teams this week in the casino tag battle royal. I wonder if we get any sort of surprises. Fair. There were there were a few teams that were missed out, weren't there? Like our bare country weren't in there. Right. Like we could we could see the lesser teams that that weren't in there. Um yeah. you know, TH two weren't in there. Obviously, I know Angelico is injured and Jack Evans, we don't really know what happened to him. Could be still MIA, I'm not sure. I think he's still in Mexico, but maybe still somewhere hiding hiding from the from the cartel or something, I'm not sure. Um yeah. There I mean there's definite, you know teams that you know aren't going to win that they can fill the match with. Yeah, and I will just add that um, Kylo Riley looked fucking fantastic. Oh, he match. looked amazing. Yeah, he looked and, great. Uh, the uh, the crowd was super behind Johnny Hungy. Um, he looked great in this match. Um, And you kind of got down to the last like seven or eight teams and you could see that like this just shows like the absolute strength of the AEW tag division. There are teams there are teams from like team ten downwards that are still good, but team ten upwards, like any one of them should be champion, could be champion. We can we can do swerves and we can add feuds in anywhere we like. Like that tag division is fucking stacked. And I love the final four that we came down to, or mm-hmm. or even just the final three with you know John Silver, Matt Jackson, and Kyle O'Reilly. Like yeah. super cool final three. Um, Dax Harwood, I think, was part of the final four. So we had FTR, Dark Order, Young Bucks, and Redragon all represented in mm-hmm. the final four, which was awesome. And then, you know, having uh, Matt toss John Silver over, but in the process, of course, Kyle O'Reilly sneaking up and, and tossing out Matt Jackson. Really cool way to set up the potential, you know, Bucks Red Dragon feud that could happen after this pay per view. Yeah. So I think, I think teams we were missing from this one, if I'm thinking off the top of my head, uh, Bar City Blondes, The Acclaimed, yep. Yep. Uh, Lufra Serpentico, Bear Country, um, which were all not incredibly strong teams, but they could build out to the 15. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a, there, is, there are a few more teams that we didn't see. I wonder if the House of Black will be involved. They were in a tag match on Dynamite. So they theoretically so, yeah. could qualify now for the Casino Battle Royale or even or even Pac and Penta. Yeah, and we'll probably get to it. Like, um, there's no there's no Pac and Penta um, Ice of Black match on the pay-per-view, which is a bit there's of a not. shame. There's not, um, right. I, I would quite like to see them build to something. I'd like to see, to be honest, I'd like to see them in like a fucking buried alive match or some some weird graveyard. Yeah, so um, why don't we why don't we just talk about the tag match now since we're already talking about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Since Because, you know, we this was theoretically the debut of um of Penta Oscuro, Dark Penta. Yep. And we had Alex Everhantes dressed up like some sort of evil sinister priest type character. <laughs> and, and and he was doing he was doing man he was doing mannerisms of like Paul Bear. And I was yeah, like, all right, man. So we're so we're bringing this back. It's kind of cool. I dug it. You know what? I, I I can get behind that kind of stuff. I like theatrical type shit. Yeah, so yeah. I don't mind that in the slightest. I fucking love it, actually. Good on you, Alex Abrahantes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Know, not everybody would have had the confidence yeah. to, to go out there and pull that off. Not everyone could have done that. So that was awesome. 
Um, but but they also had the fucking shovel out there as well. Yeah. So it almost makes sense that, you know, maybe because, you know, I was thinking this pay-per-view could be full of gimmick matches because I was even thinking Mox and Danielson could be a first blood match. Okay, like, yeah. but I, I guess we're not getting a bunch of gimmicks. However, um, that tag match was insane, dude. Like, mm-hmm. so good. Um, so cool seeing, you know, Brody King get to really go in there and just dominate when he's able to. Pento Oscuro, I love the fucking character. I hope we get to stick with this for a little bit now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it makes sense to change things up with Ray Phoenix taking some time off to rehab his elbow and his arm. I know he's yeah, going to be yeah. back somewhat soon, so this could just be a short thing, but still cool. And I mean, Pac, I know you had a boner, so I've not Pac, I'm Pac talking boner, Sev. Maybe. Yeah. Pac, uh, Sev's always got a Pac boner, and I hope one day Pac gets the Sev boner as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this was a fun freaking tag match. (laughs) And of course, of course, we did get to see the third member of the House of Black. Buddy Matthews, baby. Should have been Bloody Matthews. But yeah, it was Buddy Matthews. uh, Who would have ever thought Buddy Murphy would get a holy shit debut moment from the crowd in AEW? Who would have ever thought? But you know what? He fucking deserves it. Yeah, and he looks fucking phenomenal like that. Oh, dude. Size. Absolutely. Um, The only criticism I will give him um, is joining the House of Black is he don't have no tattoos and his his attire was very black and white. He looked, um, does stand out against Malachi and Brody King. You know what, though? He's going to play the role as the the servant, though. You know what I mean? Just just look at the way that Malachi Black was treating him already in the ring. Uh, uh, pulling his beard, slapping his face. Exactly. Sort of like, exactly. You're, you're my, um, yeah. You're He's my in disciple. control of him. Exactly. So I think that's, wait, disciple. Wasn't he a disciple in WWE with Seth Rollins? Uh, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, fucking oh. TK's just lazy booking at this point. He's just no, come on, he's just rehashing Whoa, ideas at this yeah, point. Yeah. Stealing, stealing from, stealing from Seth Rollins at this point. Seth freaking Rollins. No, it's kidding. Yeah, we're just gonna get any old, any old shit that works somewhere else. He's gonna bring them in, and they can carry on doing the same thing. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, we skipped over MJF's promo in between the tag battle royal and the tag match we just talked about, and we do have to talk about this promo because I think this was the best segment we have ever seen on Dynamite. And I've, I've got some bits to say on this, and I've, I've just had my eyes closed and let out a big sigh because um, I, I genuinely had tears during this segment. Um, as someone who suffers with, I almost say suffers, as someone who lives with ADHD and has um, known what it's like to be bullied, um, this this really hit home for me. And whether it's it's uh, fiction or whether it's fact, um, it was really heartfelt. Um, and I, I felt a lot during this segment. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, if that's what MGF went through and he believed in punk, and now he doesn't believe in punk and he wants to do this in spite of punk and fantastic um so yeah yeah um, and then punk coming out at the end and we had no punk music and he it kind was, of just it went, was beautiful it, it was, was amazing it was amazing so everything about this segment was amazing 
from the terminology used, right? Like yeah. starting out by mentioning being a Jew boy and just the negative connotations that he was applying to himself based on that. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it kind of reach any Jews in the house, like, and you know what I mean? Just kind of yeah, yeah. turning it into like a joke even a little bit, but then continuously going back to it. Um, and just the thing with MJF is that this could be totally fake. This could be totally fabricated and none of this could be true. And if that's the case, it still works out for his character because he can do this and get away with it. So even though with this heartfelt moment, like I still don't know if he's truthful or not. (laughs) His mom did go on Twitter and said she was proud of him which yep. she usually does kind of stay in line with his character. Mm-hmm. So whatever he's going with, she usually is going with on social media as well, which is kind of cool. Um, but CM Punk coming down, as you mentioned, after MJF went on for a good seven-ish, maybe even longer minutes on you know what he went through growing up, as he mentioned being an 11-year-old boy with severe ADHD, uh, mentioned, you know, every day in school being hell. He tried out for the football team, um, didn't work out. And all he wanted to do was, uh, you know, go and it was Friday. He wanted to go meet his hero, CM Punk, at an autograph signing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you know what, that day forward, he was going to he was trying to, like, made a promise to himself that he wasn't going to be afraid to stick up for himself. And uh, he wanted to be like CM Punk. So he wanted to become a professional wrestler. And he's like, January 2014, you leave me when I needed you most. When I believed in yeah, you, yeah. you left me. And he's like, so I went I packed up my bags. I went to college and I buried my dreams. And he's like, you know what? There was a day when I was scrolling on social media and I saw a photo of CM Punk shaking hands with Brian Danielson. And that was the day he decided to become a professional wrestler in spite of CM Punk. And if all that is true, if all that is true, that's amazing. Right, my God, exactly. all that's true, that's amazing. And I know in the early days of AEW, there was uh, like a segment or a program that Cody Rhodes did where he was like, uh, behind the ropes or something. I'm pretty sure on one episode he interviewed QT Marshall and we got to see like why QT Marshall was so relevant relevant and so integral to the AEW uh, ecosystem. But then yeah. he also did another one with MJF and in that MJF mentioned about being... Um, I think he said he was overweight. Um, no, he's mentioned it before. And like, we've seen a younger MJF on the Rosie O'Donnell show, right? Yeah, but I think this was, um, he was mentioning when he was in like, um, was it your secondary school, junior high or whatever? He, was a, he wasn't an in-shape sort of kid and he was bullied a lot for being Jew and stuff like that. And yeah, he kind of, he, he wanted to be a wrestler and he wanted to show everybody else that he could be something. It all lines up. It all lines up. We've seen MJF say stuff like that before. So I kind of take that as this isn't just for this promo to do that. Right. And then Punk walking out, like you said, no music, no no gear, just regular dress. Like he just walked out of catering. And he's like, you know what? Is it true? Is it real? Yeah, yeah. And MJF kind of backed off. Right. MJF backing off with legit tears rolling down his his cheek. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. which was another amazing touch to be able to just, you know, pull that off on cue. Um, 
everyone online and on social media, like when I was looking up reviews and, and reviews, were talking about how MJF didn't say anything, but he did. He went, he yeah, didn't, he, he said, yeah, yeah he true. just he mouthed it to CM Punk, but he didn't say it in the microphone. He's like, yeah. it's true. Turned around and left. Wouldn't have walked out. And all, all I wanted in that moment was I'm just like, just hug him, Punk. Just hug him. Like, well, we all, I, I wanted, I wanted MJF to smirk. I wanted a smirk from MJF or something to okay. kind of see like if this was just like a mind game or something, which is what yeah, yeah. was mentioned on commentary. You know what I mean? They were talking about mind games and stuff. So I don't know, man. I'm really invested in this feud, though. I love it. I'm, I really love I'm, it. I'm super, super, super invested now. Um, and I don't know if this is... Can we turn MJF face from this? Like, oh, I... We can't. We can't because okay, of that, yeah. that that destroys everything they've done with Wardlow up to this point. So you cannot. It does, yeah. So they can't turn MJF face because then that, that negates Wardlow's face turn. That's that's the beauty of it, isn't it? That's what makes it super interesting. It's like we all just expected this to be MJF shitting himself because he's in a dog collar match with Punk now and he's going to get his ass handed to him. But now we've got the added... Like, yeah, he might get thrashed, but MJF used to love you, punk. He used to you used to be his idol and he's oh, it's, it's, it's I don't know. I'm 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 gushing over it, I suppose. It's like it's fantastic to me. Great storytelling. I'm, I'm super I'm super invested in this. Yeah. And that's why MJF got the award in twenty twenty one for best on the mic, because there's nobody better right now. There is nobody yeah, better. He's got that. He's fucking got it, mate. There's nobody better. Uh, let's talk about another promo that was also good on the mic. We had one between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was incredible. Like, you know, Jericho getting in the head of Eddie Kingston, but Kingston still keeping the personality and cool and calmness that he has. But then Jericho kind of saying the sentiments that you've always felt about Eddie Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> he did. If anyone's seen a Discord, I've always, always disliked Eddie Kingston. Um, because Not so much a... anymore. Not so much no, anymore. No. I'm in, in on Eddie Kingston now. Um, but yeah, when he first arrived, I was like, this dude looks out of shape. His attire looks cheap. Um, and he runs his mouth about never getting shots when in realist in reality he looks like a guy who doesn't deserve to get the shots like he never give it 110 percent to get there and, and that's, that's exactly kind of, what jericho was saying yeah yeah <laughs> but i i like this i like that uh jericho called him a street thug and you, you could see eddie shaking his head and he's like you don't even fucking know me at all mate um and a lot of what jericho said was pompous sort of wwe-esque sports right. entertainment shit. right you signed with AEW when you were 38 years old. When yeah, I was 38 yeah. years and, old, and, I had already made millions of dollars, main evented WrestleMania. Like, you know what? I, I, I was on top of the world when I was your age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Kingston, you could see it in Kingston's eyes the entire way through the promo that he was just like, you don't know what you're talking about, chap. And you're just talking shit. And let's let's get down to it. And I'm going to smack you up. And uh, Jericho, he started mentioning his, uh, he mentioned his uncle being a failure and his, his mom dad, and his dad being, being a failure. failure. Yep. But it, Kingston's going to snap now. Like, smack him up, mate. Smack him up. And so I'm all behind Kingston to kick the ever-living shit out of Jericho at the pay-per-view. That's how about how about the Triple H name drop? He did. He did uh, drop your your uh, good friend Levesque. Mm -hmm. He's like, think, give uh, me the Jericho that your close friend Levesque hated. He did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love when they do that shit. I love when they do that shit, man. I love when they break the fourth wall when they when they do that type of shit. Uh, and it's usually only certain. Eddie Kingston does it often. Jericho does it often. Like 
it's certain people that do it often, but you know Tony Khan doesn't care. He fucking loves it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's not necessarily... I've seen people go off on Twitter like, oh, why does AEW have to mention WWE every week? Like, they're grasping at straws. But no, this was kind of... That name drop of Levesque was kind of like... If Everything you know, they do you is know. relevant. Yeah, it's relevant. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's an if you know, you know type of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was an Easter egg. It's for, like, it's for the hardcore fans. Like, I'm going to take a punch shot at this guy. And if you know what we're on about, then you know what we're on about. And that's why it's worth saying. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a fun match at the pay-per-view. We'll give our prediction at the end of the show. I think this is going to be a fun yeah. one. I do. This should be good. Uh, we had another face of the Revolution qualifying match. We had Absolute Ricky Starks taking on 10 from the Dark Order. Uh, we forgot about 10. We were talking about on, on the episode that didn't post how like it was all just like beefy dudes and we were trying to think who else could be in it. 10. 10 totally would have fit. If you go if you go back and listen, Brian, um, uh, for your information, mate, um, I'm pretty sure I mentioned the next two guys in it should, the next three guys in it should be 10, Lance Archer and um, Marco Stunt, just so we could have a <laughs> you tossing, did. Contest, you to- did. Tossing, compa- tossing contest with Marco Stunt. Um, so like I am like although Ricky Starks is great, I am absolutely gutted Ten didn't win this match. Yeah, like it would have been cool. It would have been I cool. Was really sad that Ten didn't win this match. If I'm honest, I was thinking he was going to because I didn't think yeah, we would have yeah. two Team Taz members in the in the ladder match, but we do. Mm-hmm. And maybe that comes into play. Maybe somehow gonna, that comes into play. Yeah, I think that's gonna further a new storyline like it's gonna be the reason why keith lee doesn't win it's because both hobbs and stark interfered so maybe keith lee starts feuding with team taz or something yeah because there's some good matches that could be had there yeah we had that little promo on i think it was rampage where keith lee was uh given a little shill and they're both ricky starks and hobbs came up to him they did they did i think that might be what we get out of this ladder match from those three participants yeah we'll have to see we had a TBS title match, Jade Cargill defending against the Bunny. Um, you know, this wasn't anything super special. Nope. No, it was, uh, at least it wasn't a squash, right? The Bunny didn't get squashed. I was thinking she might have, and that was going to make me sad because of the, you know, fun, hardcore tag match she just had recently with Penelope Ford, Anna Jay, and Ty Conti. So mm-hmm. I was hoping that it wasn't going to be a squash match. I was glad it wasn't, but clearly, clearly Jade wasn't going to lose. Um, I'm still curious when she will. We know now she's going up against Ty Conti because we found yep. out afterwards um, when when she came out that uh, she was next in line. That makes me sad because I don't think Ty's going to win here yep. either. So <laughs> That's a prediction we're both set on. Yeah, um, so that makes me yeah, sad. That is what it when is. The match, when the match started, um, it cut to Bunny but just before they announced her name. She didn't actually look very invested to be in that match, to be honest. Like, she wasn't pulling her side tilt face just yet. She was kind of stood in the corner, just meh in it. Maybe sad she didn't get an intro. Kind of like Rampage. Yeah. The, the Rampage, Rampage of no fucking entrances. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, there were a couple of spots in this match that were slow. There was one noticeable point where Jade was stood in the middle of the ring, kind of punched over, and you could see her being like, come on, come on, to a point where she visibly, on camera, like, tapped her stomach um, for the bunny to go in for a waist lock. Right. Um, so it was this, yeah, this was a fairly sloppy match. 
Um, and I think I think this kind of I know Jade's green, but we had this one, we had the AQA one. It's starting to become more and more prevalent now that challenges for Jade's title need to be um, more experienced wrestlers that could hold her up. Um, like the Bunny's been wrestling for a long time now, she should have been able to do that match well, um, but she'd be still cocked up a lot. I have hope that Ty Conti will be able to put on a good match with Jade Cargill. Yeah, I have every faith that Ty Conti can make match look great because it can be a different style of match too with with Ty's you know jujitsu and takedown style wrestling it doesn't have to necessarily be like she can work on that to kind of immobilize mm-hmm. Jade which which could add a, a different sort of element to the match and and something that Jade hasn't really gone up against yet I don't think so we'll see yeah see I will uh bring this up um one match I I remember quite distinctly was on NXT uh was uh Bailey versus the fuck's her name sorry um all read everything Eve Marie Eve Marie know, yeah, yeah. Eve Marie is absolute oh, I don't care about Eve Marie she's dog shit in the ring um <laughs> <laughs> but this match that match was very entertaining because we all because of Bailey kind of ble- yeah yeah and we all kind of believed due to the storytelling they were telling that match that maybe Eve Marie might actually steal this so we don't necessarily need two people in the ring to be the best technical wrestlers they don't have to be the best workers we just need to work a good story into the match that we're watching mm-hmm. so if ty conti and jay cargill can put together a story inside that match it doesn't matter how weak jay cargill is like it just needs to be cohesive and it just needs to be entertaining basically absolutely i agree i totally agree and you summed that up nicely, so we'll just move on to the main event, which was Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia in an excellent technical <laughs> wrestling fucking match, dude. This was awesome. Yeah, and um, it's great. We got another little spot like the first, the uh, Danielson-Moriarty match. They were on the headstand thing, punching yep. each other. Yep. And in this match, we got the like the leg lock and them kicking each other. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see. Um, we're obviously getting them versus uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson versus Wheeler Utah next um, because he was the other guy he name dropped. Um, so I can't wait to see what spot they can put in the match that's like that. But at the same time, I kind of wish they put Wheeler Utah first because I don't see Wheeler Utah being able to. It should have. It should have went Wheeler Utah, then Lee Moriarty, then Daniel Garcia. Hundred percent. Yeah, I don't see the vicious side in Wheeler Utah, and especially how he's portrayed as being part of the best friends. They're all happy, happy. There's no. However, violence. the match Wheeler Utah did have with Mox in place of Brian Kendrick yeah. was pretty fucking good. Okay, yeah, yeah. So maybe they have something planned for it. Maybe that's why they saved him. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's where we see a different side of Wheeler Utah since you mentioned the best friends that we've never seen before. Yeah. Like, maybe. don't get me wrong. Wheeler is very good wrestler. I'm very he high is. on him. Oh, yeah. I just don't see him as a like the same sort of Mox Danielson vicious verbal, yeah, the vicious kind of style that they're after. That, that's not what comes across to me with you, Wheeler Utah. Yeah, absolutely. So Danielson chokes out Garcia with the triangle sleeper to get the win and gets ambushed by 2.0, which brings out Mox. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much the end of the show. And then that's when Danielson gave the confirmation that we were going to see them wrestle at Revolution. So mm-hmm. fun way to close the show. I thought it was a good dynamite, like we mentioned. Yeah. Thought it was a fun dynamite. I'd probably go star rating because I know we're, we're running long on time. Star rating, I'd probably go for this one. 
did I go? Did I give last week five stars? You might have done, to be fair. I don't remember. I think I'd go four and a half this week. I probably was. Yeah. I usually always am. I am right now, but I think I'd go four and a half yeah. stars for this dynamite. Um, I'm going four stars for this dynamite. Oh, it was very good. Very good, very good. Moving on to Rampage, like I said, the Rampage of no entrances. I don't feel like we got a, a single entrance except for maybe uh, maybe Orange Cassidy and, Anth- and Anthony Bowens at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, started out with our TNT title match, both guys in the ring, Sammy Guevara and Andrade El Idolo. This was a fun match. I thought this was good. Yeah, it was a pretty good match. I'm going to do my standard uh, once uh, once a podcast. I don't have more to add to this. It was an all right match. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I enjoyed the you know the effort put in by both. I enjoyed some of the spots, the uh, you know the 450 splash, um, mm-hmm. moving into the DDT type thing that they did. I thought it was fun with the turnbuckle pad coming off, and then I also thought it was fun how Matt Hardy. We didn't really know if he was helping or if he was hindering Andrade because there was a spot where he went to reach for Andrade's foot to either hold it on the rope or push it off the rope. And they kept arguing about that on commentary, but then the turnbuckle that cost Andrade the match was also the one that Matt Hardy took off. So I feel like they're already sowing the seeds to split up the Andrade Hardy family office. Yeah. See, that that was good storytelling in the taking the turnbuckle off, uh, which Matt Hardy did. Um, The replays of Matt Hardy touching Andrade's foot didn't look like anything. There wasn't a, a clear cut. Is right. he pushing? Is he pulling? Um, it was. He literally put his hand on his foot, and uh, the moment was sort of over. Right, but I do think I do think they're sowing the seeds to split them because with Jeff Hardy eminent to debut in AEW, we are going to obviously get the return of the Hardy Boys. There's likely no need for the Hardy family office at that point. Yeah, but um, I don't I don't expect Jeff Hardy to stick around long. So what happens to Matt? I do. You do. You reckon he's going to stay? I reckon he stays for at least a few years. Whoa, <laughs> I do. Mate. I do. I bet. I mean, I bet he signs at least a two or three year deal. Have you seen that meme of, uh, you know, the classic uh, Homer Simpson meme where he stood by the hedge. And he sort of gives a side eye and then he disappears back into the hedge. So there's yeah. a meme going round of uh, uh, Jeff Hardy debuts on Impact, on Impact, on AEW. And then there's Homer Simpson uh, with Sting face paint, just giving the side eye and <laughs> sort of like goes back into the hedge. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Sting still remembers Victory Mo- Road. Vic- Victory so, Road 2008, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh my, but 2011. But yeah, Victory Road sometime. I think uh, Jeff Hardy turned up actually out of his face, so Sting had to shoot, pin him. Um, I'm not sure if Sting will have forgiven him yet. But mm. <laughs> on the, on that same note, um, when the Dark Order had their match. It was nice to see Colt Cabana out this week because I know Colt Cabana's been, he's not sort of been there the past few weeks, if I'm thinking right. Yeah, no, he's hes kind of been MIA for a few weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but this this week, well, I think when 10 came out for his um, ladder match, Colt Cabana was there with the Dark He was Order. up on the stage, yep, he was there. Yeah, and that was really nice to see because I thought there might have been some sort of Colt Cabana, CM Punk disarray in the back and Colt had sort of like taken a step back, but no, Colt was back with the Dark Order and I'm very happy with that. Yeah, me too, me too. Uh, next up, we had QT Marshall coming out with a mic, and this was our hook of the week, Sev. Our yes. hook segment of the week. And, uh, yeah, he's out there. He's like, man, I made hook, not you, Taz. Kind of talking shit, and, uh, he's like, hook doesn't have the balls to come out here and confront me. And, of course, you know he's going to come out there. Yep. And, uh... This was basically a trap, and QT tries sending guys to take down Hook, and he just, you know, takes each one of them out and then just walks away. (laughs) 
<laughs> he does, and the very last security guard who was told to go after Hook kind of just yeah. He's like, "No, nah, I'm not going after him, man." <laughs> All right, mate. Leave that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, thought this, this was, was good. Great. Why don't they give us Hook and QT on as the pre-show match, Brian? That's my prediction for the pre-show match. It should and be, then, and that's what I'm putting. Uh, I would put money on that being it because we need an attraction. It should be because Hook is a draw, and yep. that's that's the guy you want. Like, especially because like. He's not in any main storylines right now, but he's still so over. Put him on the buy-in. Entice entice people to buy the pay-per-view. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a very long match. It can be a five-minute match. Yep. Um, They can can, can spend longer on Hook's intro. Yeah, everyone watching the buy-in can see the crowd go absolutely nuts for Hook coming in. See Hook do his shit, be super smooth, super fast, lay QTA, walk away, and and everyone watching the buy-in should kind of be like, wow, that that was super cool. Go on then. Should be. That should be it. That should be it. We both came to the same conclusion, just different ways. I, I, I came to you you like are you already had it in your early, mind yeah. but i came into it right here just by looking at this like that totally should be it that 100 percent should be it yeah that I totally should be it. Yeah, any other feud that really needs to kind of be towards the pay-per-view it, it's no got to this be is this is the only TV. thing missing this is the only yeah, thing missing yeah, yeah. Uh, i hope it happens Next up, we had Wardlow taking on Nick Camarato in an interesting match here. I kind of liked them allowing Nick Camarato to dominate Wardlow a little bit because Camarato's mm-hmm. a big fucking dude. He is. I thought this was a cool match. I thought this was awesome. And of course, we got a Powerbomb Symphony eventually. Eventually. <laughs> and I hope they don't make Wardlow Powerbomb anyone any bigger because my God, gonna he, pop a, he's going to well, pop a vessel. <laughs> well, he, he struggled by the fourth power, but like it was, was it the third or fourth that he's like, my God. Just because imagine him doing that like multiple times to Keith Lee or Powerhouse Hobbs or, right. I mean, you know, anybody else like. He's going to be worn the fuck out. <laughs> if, if in that face of the Revolution ladder match, we get the other five participants laid out on the floor and he, I don't know, he, he power bombs one and then moves over and power bombs the next one and then the next one and the next one and we get that symphony. The guy's going to be redder than I've ever seen Ric Flair. Um, <laughs> he's going to burst a vein, mate. <laughs> but he's so over. Oh, mate, the crowd love it, and I love it as well. Like I loved going. when Sean Spears got on the mic, and he's like, hey, I told you that this Powerbomb Symphony wasn't going to get you over, and you, we need to get back to basics. No more Powerbombs. And the crowd, the crowd just is all chanting, one more time, one more time. And Wardlow yeah, think, could not keep a straight face. I, I think he said, uh, he mentioned power. you shouldn't do the Powerbomb Symphony, and the crowd booed. And then he went, look, if I mention Powerbomb, they all boo. He was like, no, that's not what he meant. But yeah, it was it was very good that he picked uh, Solo up for the powerbomb and Sean Spears saw he whacked Solo with the chair. and Hit so, his hand. Uh, he hit Wardlow's hand. Yeah, that, he did. Yeah. Wardlow let go and it was kind of like, you just hit my fucking fingers. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know quit. if he meant to hit him in his fingers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we're so close, but it feels like we're so close now to Wardlow. Oh. It's got to be just there. Fucking tearing, um, yeah, tearing them apart. And I guess if they did turn MJF face, they could still turn Wardlow face against Sean Spears. Yeah, it feels like the first person that's gonna get that powerbomb is Sean Spears. Spears. Yeah. <laughs> so that we, could we be the way they like, do it. We could have it for thirty straight minutes. Thirty straight minutes. Like if Sean Spears gets power on for thirty straight minutes, then that'll be the first time since his AEW um, contract he's actually earned the money that he's been paid. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Next up, we had our five-minute rookie challenge. It was Serena Deeb taking on this week Kayla Sparks. Another quick Ooh. match here. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another quick match. Yeah, who is the first... I think she's the first person to appear on AEW and WWE on the same night. And she turned up on... She was on SmackDown. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she was on Rampage because it was taped. Um, she was also on SmackDown the same night. Oh, nice. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what capacity she was I on I think SmackDown. there was a... I actually... You know what? It. I think there was a there was a elevation that had i think her name is heather monroe okay yeah, and, yeah. and she played one of the girls that was with bobby lashley on raw that night so she technically right. but but that was a youtube uh tv thing so this might be the first time that it happened tv show to tv show so that might that might be the case but yeah and then we have i feel like they didn't give us entrances this week because they tried to cram so much stuff into this rampage yeah yeah we also had the contract signing between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, which ended up exactly like we thought it would with the brawl and, uh, you know, somebody going through the table. It was Jamie Hayter, unfortunately, from Mercedes Martinez. But I thought this was a good buildup to the match. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this women's title match. I really am. See, this promo sort of switched my opinion. I was originally going to go Thunder Rosa um, to beat Britt Baker. After this, I'm not. I'm still sticking with uh, Britt Baker. I think she's she definitely looked cork um, and appeared to be much more of a star than Thunder Rosa is. So I, I, I don't yeah, know. Mm. We'll see. We'll see when we get to those predictions. We'll see. Our uh, our main event was another face of the Revolution qualifying match. We had Orange Cassidy taking on Anthony Bowens. I guess I read that Max Caster's rap was edited. On Rampage, yeah. which is why it sounded weird, because he did make a reference to Putin, which this was taped on Wednesday, so this was before the invasion of the Ukraine began, so they cut that because it was in bad taste at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Which totally makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. I get that. I totally get that, so... Um, the match was, was entertaining though. I mean, I think we all assumed OC was going to win this, right? I mean, it just makes the most sense, but I thought this was a good way to close out the show. It was a good main event. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And we had Danhausen as well, which is always a nice touch. So always a nice touch. Uh, we didn't do our hook of the week. We forgot about it since we kind of just moved right on to the next segment. We're trying to make for time here yeah. since we're already running long. Um, yeah. uh, the hook of the week, we're, we're sticking with the same one I did last week, which didn't post. And that was Captain Hook. So uh, we'll, br we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back with uh, actually in line with the music and everything uh, next week when we're well, probably not next week because next week. Well, maybe next week, maybe next week, as long as hooks on the pay-per-view, I guess. So we will uh, we will see. But you this dynamite, be. I would probably give hope he is. I think I'd go three stars this dynamite. It, uh, or, I'm sorry. Rampage, hook. rampage, rampage. Yeah, it got uh, we got some hook in it. So going from a three stars to a three point five stars from me. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, before we make our predictions for the pay-per-view, before we go over what's happening this Wednesday and Friday, Sev, last week you had the burial ground. It didn't post, so uh, let's let's keep with you for the burial ground. Who's going up? Who's coming down this week for the burial ground? Hit the gong. Hit the gong. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to recap what I did last week. And what I did last week was um, I put Jake Hager in the burial ground going down because I don't think he's got anywhere to go once the inner circle disperses. Um, and then going up just because he made it into the face of the revolution ladder match above Dante Martin, we're gonna put powerhouse Hobbs because I believe TK is putting a lot of stock, a lot of stock into Hobbs. He believes in him, and we should all too. So uh, I like it. Hobbs is going up. Hager's I like it. Down. Hager down. Hobbs up. Good bail ground. I like that a That's lot. That's the I way do. we like to put. <laughs> 
All right, man. Looking ahead to uh, to Dynamite this week, March second. Uh, this is obviously our our last week of programming before the pay per view, so it should be a really really fun week. Uh, Tony Khan is teasing a huge announcement for Dynamite this Wednesday night, which supposedly is the announcement he's been teasing for several weeks now, the one that's been under an NDA. So I guess we'll find out what maybe that's going to be um, on Wednesday. But we also know that we're going to have that Casino Tag Battle Royal match, and it'll also be Hangman Adam Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds taking on Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly in a trios match. So. There was also there was another segment on Rampage that was Scorpio Sky, Dan Lambert, and all Eve, all Ego. There was all Eve, Yeah, there was. Um, and apparently TK had offered uh, Scorpio Sky a chance to qualify for the ladder match, but obviously he won that last year. Right. So um, it was unclear. And then Dan Lambert said something about getting a shot before anyone else would. So it's unclear as to whether are we getting another qualifier match for the face of the revolution or are we getting Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky on, say, Rampage next week before the pay-per-view? I say we probably get that on Rampage before the pay-per-view. That would make sense. Um, especially because Sammy's not defending at the pay-per-view. He's in that trios match with with, with Sting and Darby. So it would make sense to do the title match on Rampage before the pay-per-view. But I also, I honestly still believe, I think we do need, because there's only five confirmed participants so far in the match. I mean, we're either getting a a joke card. I know there's six, but I think there's even seven. So I think okay. there might be a qualifying matches on both uh, Dynamite and Rampage this week as well. So we'll see. So are we not getting a surprise entrant at the pay-per-view for someone in the ladder match? Or are we, are we getting it all confirmed beforehand? I don't know. Did they ever do a surprise for the ladder match? Yeah, because um, all Ethan Page was the surprise for the previous year's match, wasn't he? Then maybe. Maybe we only get one and they leave up, up to a Joker card. Or maybe we get two and they don't. I don't know. I'm not so sure. I don't, think we'd have, I don't think we'd have two surprise entrants in the same match, but I definitely no. think um, I definitely think we might be getting a surprise entrant. We'll see. I hope so. That'd be fun. Let's face the revolution. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, let's make some quick predictions for revolution yeah. here. Let's see what's going to happen. Uh, let's let's assume that Hook and QT Marshall does make the pre-show or the buy-in. So if that happens, yeah. I mean, I think we obviously are going hook. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, I'm, I'm going hook. I'd like you to make the opposite choice, Brian. Um, no, so that you, we can't, kind of you can't. No, you can't. You can't. You can't make. Oh, you can't maybe. go against hook at this point. <laughs> you can't go against hook. No, I wouldn't go against hook. So yeah, it's it's hook all the way. It yeah, should be the main I, event of the pay per view, to be honest. But <laughs> no one's gonna buy the buy in if it's something else, are they? I guess not. TBS title on the line. Jade Cargill defending against Ty Conti. I'm going to stick with Jade Cargill to retain. Yep, I'm going to Jade Cargill. Yep, I think that makes the most sense, though I do think this will be an enjoyable match. I I do think Jade will retain. We have a Tornado Trios match between Andrade El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy, taking on Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen. Yeah, so it's the first ever Tornado Trios match for Matt Hardy. Yeah. Um, And this might be where Jeff Hardy comes in, but if it's not where Jeff Hardy comes in, then I don't see anyone but... Sammy Sting and Darby winning this. I agree. I'm going with Sammy Sting and Darby as well to win this. 
Uh, I, I am curious if Jeff is able to debut at this pay-per-view. I hope he does. I'm, oh, actually, ho- I'm, ho- not, I'm hoping he? he's able to. Yeah, I think it's, uh, no, I think it's three-day non-compete. I think it's 90-day non-compete ends three days after this pay-per-view. So yeah. then, yeah, so, it's it's definitely going to be Sammy Sting and Darby. Yeah, scrap what I said. This is going to be where um, Andrade and Matt Hardy split up then. Yeah, most likely. The cause of it. Yep, cool. so should be a uh, entertaining match for the tornado aspect. You know, no tags needed or anything, so it should be... Should be fun. Should be filled full of spots. So, should be fun. Yeah. Uh, we have the tag team titles on the line in a three-way dance. We have Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defending against Redragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, and another team to be determined this Wednesday night. So, we're at a little disadvantage here because we don't know who the third team is going to be. Does it matter? Hmm. No, unless this team's going to be like the Legion of Doom or something, then uh, <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a Jurassic Express are walking away with this. As you predicted the week before, um, you said it'd be Young Bucks. And, yeah. Um, I and, think I, what, and I and I and I think happened, that's still going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They've still got, as Kyle O'Reilly said to them, they've still got a chance to get to that pay per view. So they're going to win this next match, and they're going to essentially counter each other out, yep. um, which will allow Jurassic Express to carry on as they are, still get the Bucks on the pay per view. Let's get re-dragon uh, re- onto the pay-per-view as well. Um, yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to go Jungle Boy Luchasaurus to retain. Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. Uh, next up, we have singles action. Chris Jericho taking on Eddie Kingston. I think this could be a really fire match. I hope Eddie Kingston wins. I'm going to go Eddie Kingston to win. I'm going to go Eddie Kingston as well. Nice. And I do feel like we should mention that Cesaro, Claudio Castanoli did recently allow his WWE contract to expire. He is not under a 90-day non-compete. He can show up at any time. He could theoretically show up on Dynamite. He could theoretically show up on Rampage. I have a feeling he debuts at this pay-per-view, and I have mm-hmm. a feeling it's during this match. Okay. At the end of it, and I have a feeling it's going to be against Eddie Kingston. So he's not going to cause any interference? He's not going to affect so. the outcome of this I match? I don't think no? so. No, I don't think so. I think he shows up after okay. as a ghost of Eddie Kingston's past for his first feud in AEW. I think that's what's going to happen. Because if you remember, Kingston has talked a lot of shit about Cesaro in interviews over the last few years. Yeah, I've not paid attention to Kingston um, in the past few years. My one is Brian. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't know that. Um, the only thing I'm interested in is... Um, can they pull off um, Cesaro's uh, entrance music from what I last remember was just like an ambulance noise. And I'm pretty sure WWE can't own the uh, license to an ambulance noise. They would so give him something much better. I mean, he's going to get a badass theme. And you know TK is chomping at the... I'm guaranteeing Cesaro's already put ink on the paper for a contract. Like... So very much like... Uh, that's a guy Scott... you want in your roster, dude. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. Scott Steiner's entrance music, isn't that kind of like a... It was. Whee! Yeah, it was siren a siren. Sort of thing. And yep. uh, so is Cesaro's. Um, so maybe uh, if Cesaro's got entrance music, then it will start off with a siren and then drop into something better. But yeah. Kind of like Danielson starts off with the... You know, uh, the Flight same, of the Valkyries. Yeah, Flight of the Valkyries, but then drops into yeah, yeah. something totally different. So I'm fucking here then. Yeah. That was totally offbeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Danielson, we have him taking on John Moxley in singles action. I think this should be a really, really fun match. Um, 
And honestly, dude, I don't know who wins this. I think this match could go either way, but I'm going to go Brian Danielson to win. Okay, so I thought the only match we were going to differ on is the Britt Raker Thunder Rosa match at this point. But um, yeah, we're going to separate it here. I'm I'm going to go with John Moxley here. Ah, you're speaking to the heart of Dan. Okay. Going I am Mox. speaking to yeah. Okay, I like it. I like the difference. That's a fun brother, one. From another mother, yeah, Dan. There you go. <laughs> little brother Uh, (laughs) next up we have the face of the revolution qualifying match so far our confirmed participants are Keith Lee Wardlow Powerhouse Hobbs Ricky Starks and Orange Cassidy Um, I think this is Wardlow's year I really do so I don't think it matters necessarily if there are other participants. I think yeah. Wardlow's going to win this match. I'm going to go Wardlow. Yeah, see, I think this is Wardlow's match to win. Um, I'm also going to pick the Joker card, which I think we're going to get a Joker card. I think is it Shane Strickland? Because I've seen he's... Okay. Um, he was uh, bumping something about going to AEW a few days ago. Um, so this might be where he turns up. What about go Swerve Isaiah? Wasn't that his name? He's supposed to be yeah. popping up in AEW sometime soon too. Yeah, yeah, that's his name, isn't it? Like Shane the Swerve Strickland. Oh, is that the same guy? Okay, yeah, same guy. Yeah. Same guy. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think he would okay. be this guy. So or it that could would be make Leo sense. Rush again. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think he's on his way out. <laughs> Is he still signed? No. Uh, I think he's still under contract, but I think it is expires he? like this month or next um, month. It, it expires soon. He's just so gonna that's let... it. Yeah. We uh, we should have had 10 in here. We should have had Lance Archer in here. A, and then... a Leo Rush throwing match. Yeah, yeah. And that would have been Leo Rush's uh, punishment <laughs> for him uh, kicking <laughs> off on Twitter like uh, WWE used to do where they, we'd see um, wrestlers get... Like when, uh, when Daniel um... Pewter got the shit kicked out of him during the Royal Rumble by... Uh, who was it? Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Hardcore Holly, and somebody else when they just like beat the shit out of him for five minutes straight or something. <laughs> yeah, did he do something to anger Vince McMahon at that point? Yeah, that what it was? yeah, yeah. He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like a public um, blogging from TK. Exactly. Just like a, but... <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that'd be funny. Uh, next up, we have the AEW women's title on the line. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defending against Thunder Rosa. You already gave your hand away on this one, and yeah, I am going Thunder yeah. Rosa to win here. So I'm sticking with Thunder Rosa. Yeah, Britt Baker can DM me. Um, Britt Baker all the way. I hope Thunder Rosa wins. I really no, do. She just didn't. She just didn't. She didn't come out of that promo looking like a star, in my opinion. Like Britt Baker, obviously she's got the eyeshadow, the hair, the 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 attire, and the talk. And Thunder Rosa's breath. got the face paint, dude. She's got the face paint, the fire, the feistiness, the feistiness. And her trousers were just like what jeggings or tights, or they didn't. She didn't look like she. As I've said before, like uh, people that win championships look like they've evolved into their next stage in their career I didn't think that Thunder Rosa looked like she had evolved into the next step to be able to take that championship and be the champion we'll see We'll see. Dog yeah. collar match. CM Punk taking on MJF. I think this should be a stellar match, especially after the promo this past Wednesday on Dynamite. I'm going to go MJF. I'm going to go MJF to yeah. win. It's got to be MJF, mate. It's got all the way MJF. Yeah, I'm going to go MJF. And then in our main event, we have Hangman Adam Page defending against Adam Cole for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. I still think Adam Cole has a better shot to win this than Adam Page does, but I'm going to go with Adam Page to retain. Hey, that's interesting. Um, I'm not going with anyone but Adam Page. Adam I think Page. Adam Cole. Oh. I, I think Adam Cole could win this. I really do. Yeah, I'm going with Hangman. Hangman's got to. Yeah, I'm gonna go Hangman because I think that's the logical answer. 
but I do think Adam Cole has a better shot of winning this than Adam Page actually does. But we'll see. We will see. I also want to be right. We made a bet about how long Adam Page would hold the title. I want to be right, so I want him to drop it sooner rather than later. Oh, of course you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, in long-term storybooking, I think the next person to win that big championship should be MJF. I think um, Page is going to hold on to it for a while longer. I, th- I would be okay with that. I'd be okay with MJF being maybe next in line. I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah, Yeah, he doesn't have to be the next feud. He doesn't have to be the next two or three feud. It could be three or four pay-per-views later. No, it can't because then you would win. It has to be by like the summer. So it has to be at double or nothing. <laughs> no, it has to be at like full gear or maybe no, double or revolution nothing. next year. Kenny Omega comes back and wins the title. Double or nothing. Come on now. Yeah, but Kenny Omega is going to come back and then fight with Adam Cole and Jay White and Denver for the title he's gonna he, he's gonna get the title back off of Adam Page first and then we're gonna have an excellent New Japan style triple threat match between Jay White Kenny Omega and Adam Cole <laughs> I don't know I don't know I would love that though that'd be amazing uh should be a fun pay-per-view I know I'll be ordering yeah, it yeah. um I will likely get wings this weekend it's on Sunday March 6th so we're back on Sunday nights uh, next week's show will just be a looking back at type of review for Revolution. Yep. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep that ever. normal. Yeah. Yep, yep, that'll be fun. But uh, I think that's enough for this one. This like this episode is likely going to be close to two hours at this point. So I think you and I should get on out of here so that way uh, it doesn't get too crazy. Be just like Sev, a chunky boy. Just like Sev, a chunky boy. <laughs> All right, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers and all the wrestling podcasts made possible, of course, by RPGRI.com. If you want to help us and grow the show, subscribe and spread the word. Details and ways to do that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, there will also be a link to our Discord server in there and our Patreon. Make sure you click on that Discord server link, though, and join us and chat about AEW. So that way I'm not just in there talking to myself whenever it's live. Uh, theme song of the week. Sev, last week you had it. We went with Jay White. We didn't post it. We're going to save Jay White, I think, because you're not going with him this week, right? No, I think I'm going to go with Jay White this week. Are you? Are you going to stick with Jay White? We're going with Jay White or Penta Oscurio. Um, it's up to you. Up to you. You got the call. It's your theme song of the week. I would, I would flip a coin, but I haven't got a coin here. So um, let's go with Penta because he got zero fear. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we'll go with Penta Oscuro as the uh, as the theme song of the week this week. I think this is a dope theme. Uh, really awesome. Hopefully we'll have the new House of Black theme soon because I do really want that to be a theme song of the week. And we will save Jay White. We haven't seen the last of him in AEW. He'll be a theme song no, of the week no. eventually. Yeah. But we'll close out this week. Penta Oscuro. Now hit the music. Penta says it's time to
oscuro says sir.